so Joshua, we, we were talking earlier, like what have you been up to uh, since you've last been on the show? It's been a hot minute. Oh my, it's been four years, man. That's a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were gonna say since uh, the pandemic or something, since well, four years. I don't even, at, right, at my right. age, I don't even remember four years ago. And I want uh, every detail of the last four yeah, years. I, I need to know everything. So like we, we finished that recording, I believe it was a Wednesday. Um, so what did you <laughs> yeah. do that Thursday for breakfast? The next like, day I had a salad, yeah. The well, I, mean, I don't know what, what I don't know what uh, I was doing four years ago. What have we been doing uh, since the pandemic then? I mean, because yeah, let's just do since the crazy. pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I really like went through some stuff. I mean, everybody did in their own way. But uh, first of all, I'm living in Florida now, which is pandemic central, 4.0 right now. Uh, a little scary, but I'm in this nice sort of secluded place uh, with no people around, like overlooking a nature preserve. So I've just barricaded myself behind the gates and, and that part's all right. But but rewinding a bit to the beginning of the pandemic, I, as most know, I left Hollywood years ago to go on tour with my live show, which became keynote speeches as well as shows. And just prior to the pandemic was like, I had a full calendar of live events all over the world. And then within 48 hours, just, all gone it was startling and uh devastating and i felt unmoored like i didn't have a sense of purpose beyond being a parent you know which is the ultimate purpose as far as i'm concerned but but to, but to have a professional purpose as well uh not to just be you know driving my kids around actually i wasn't having i didn't have anywhere to drive them to because their school closed down too this is it was i mean it was it was traumatic, and uh, I know I was there. We were all there. Yeah, it was. It was a lot to go through. I was out. I was out in L.A. actually recording uh, Digimon Kazuna when all that happened, and uh, I was there when I, as I was flying to Los Angeles. This would be a good story for for your uh, audience. As I was flying to Los Angeles, that's when they first shut down all the restaurants in L.A., and no city had done that yet in America, anyway. And I did not know this. And so by the time I landed, everything was shut down. I checked into the hotel in Burbank, went out for a bite to eat because I lived there for 12 years. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's too bad. This place is closed. That was one of my favorite. I'm going to walk over here. Oh, that place is closed too. Wow, Burbank's really like it's all boarded up. I had no, I was so confused. And the lights going down and I'm hungry. I walked all the way to the mall and the mall is shut down. Like the mall too. This is like a zombie town. And then I went back and they told me at the front desk of the hotel, no. The whole city shut down. It's COVID. Yeah. And so I, I ate out of a vending machine. And therein began the dark journey into COVID. But I'll, I'll, uh, I'll shorten the story to this. So after a couple of months of me, like I wrote, I wrote this big article for the International Magicians Magazine, Vanish, saying I'm, I'm hanging up my top hat, essentially, that I'm not going to do my show anymore because these Zoom shows suck and I don't want to do a mediocre show because I'm an artiste. And, and uh, you know, this is, it, was, it was a good run while it lasted. And, and I was committed, you know, not doing virtual. You know, fast forward a few months and somehow through necessity, ingenuity, the innovation of my peers. Um, I found a way through to the point where, like right now I'm in a real home production studio with five point lighting and four screens and backdrops and green screens and a mixer and proper mics. And, and I've done probably around 100 virtual shows, 
virtual keynote speeches, trainings. I put together a whole another site for training voice actors and then an offshoot of that was corporate sales and leadership training for the voice and vocal presence so now i'm in talks with a, a tech startup uh, to do communication skills trainings for them as well and uh and it's been like a whole third act to my career wherein the first act was voiceovers in la second act was me touring live third act is me sitting in front of my computer with a mic like we're all doing right now but as a business and it's been great because that means i can be home with my kids and be a parent and this brings us to where we are today no i mean that's that's a that's a i i really like this it. it's, a, it's a really nice feel good story i do like the fact that everybody in the hotel let you leave knowing that everything was shut down i think that was great <laughs> they did like, they didn't say a word like, <laughs> and then i had to eat peanuts out of the vending machine I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, there was somebody there was like, I give him like 10 minutes, 10 minutes before right. he finds that, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, and Marissa, you, you recently moved out to, uh, from, from flower, uh, I was about to say flower mound, like Dallas, Dallas, yeah. Dallas, you, that, that area, that Dallas Fort Worth area that is, you know, a third of Texas. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so how's the move been to uh, California? It's been good. Um, Sound Cadence, thankfully, has come up with a remote recording method that allows me to do most of my directing from home. I've been doing all my script adaptation from home. So I live in this room, you know, all the time. I have a I have a pandemic uh, story in that I was also out of town when it first all started shutting down. I uh, had flown out here while still living in Texas uh, to see Last Kizuna, actually, uh, it was premiering in Japanese in theaters. Uh, the premiere got canceled. And I was like, that's weird. I wonder why. Um, and and so I told some of the local studios, I'm like, hey, I have a free day. Uh, I went in, I recorded some stuff. And then literally the next day, everything started to shut down uh, the day I was supposed to fly home. And I was like, uh oh, <laughs> this is not good. Thankfully, I did get home and, and you know, went into lockdown immediately afterwards. Uh, but since then, I have been, regardless of where I am, I started in Dallas and then I moved uh, about seven months ago, uh, but I have been staying put, doing all my directing and writing from home, doing all my voice acting from home. Uh, so, you know, it's been good. And, and we've done a lot of, um, we do a lot of simuldubs for Funimation right now. So I directed Arte from home and then Adachi and Shimamoto was my last one. And uh, it's been interesting doing it without being able to see the actors' faces and, and say hi to everybody. But it's also allowed us to open up um, who we cast. I was able to get in touch with a lot of actors that I'm big fans of, that I just was never in the right area to cast. Um, Gosh, that's a great point. Sorry to interject, but that's no, a really yeah. good positive outcome for all the people that ever wanted to be in this business and just couldn't make their way to Los Angeles. That now, now you have access to them. That's great. It's like one of the only positives that I've been holding on to. I'm like, you know, there's a lot of bad, uh, but the great thing is that like most of our recent shows have been a mix of actors who have been in this business for a long time, but were never in our area. Actors who want to be in this business and could never access it. And it's just been really interesting and cool. So it's, it's my one thing. I'm like, that's cool. That's great. I'm glad for that. Nice. And uh, Jeff Scott Famish. Yeah, I've been uh, obsessed with Famish for quite a while now. <laughs> and uh, 
because the pandemic stopped all conventions, that was my whole marketing plan. <laughs> That's right. To tour the world, uh, show famish, and we still have not yet to do it. Comic Con was canceled twice. We're we're going next summer, hopefully, if it doesn't get canceled again. But you know, we're by, by the time you're able to do the con circuit with that movie, it'll be a cult classic. Yeah, exactly. People will have grown up and shown it to their children. Well, the funny thing is, the lead character is a um, is a germaphobe, and now it looks like nothing compared to what we all do on a daily basis. <laughs> you were just well prepared for your role. That's right. It's like, yeah, um, you were prescient. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, dude, I, I mean, I hear you about Comic Con. Like, I had, we had plans. We had a bunch of stuff that we were gonna go to. We got some special passes and everything, and it was gonna be awesome. We had met a lot of really cool people, and yep, just all, just all went down. And it was like, yeah. man. Well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to tour before next summer, but you never know. You know, I mean, Dragon Con so far is still going. I haven't, I haven't been invited this year, but. Um, I, I, I'm really going to be surprised if it actually happens, to tell you the truth. I think this is forever now. I'm yeah. putting it out there. I think this is forever because uh, viruses mutate quickly. And as long as they have such a wide open space in which to propagate and find ways around vaccines, like why would it ever stop given current circumstances? I wouldn't worry. Izzy is going to work on a computer virus yeah. solution. I just, I just think whatever's happening now, that's what's always going to be. Yes. I mean, I'm so. prepared. I'm prepared for that. I'm like, I've, I, I've not had any sort of like allergies or anything like that <laughs> since I've been wearing the mask all the time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of mask life right now because it's like I've not had any of like the allergies. I've not really been sick, so I'm I love wearing the, the mask. People can't tell when I'm making faces at them. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what the problem is. But it was most of us look better with half our face covered. Oh, and honestly, I've saved so much money yeah. on lipstick. Yeah. Save money on makeup. Yeah, right. So no, but when I got injected with the vaccine, uh, you know, it was odd to be sick again. You know, it was a little weird to feel sick after not having anything for a year and a half. Hey, I, I would rather be sick with the with the um the cure than you yes. know the other. So yeah. Um all right, let's go ahead and start. Doesn't look like Tom's gonna be joining. And who knows? If Tom joins us, it'll be a crazy thing. He drill he'll just pop in and we haven't started yet. I thought we we're wrapping this up. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> what what is going mind. on? Joshua did that whole plug for nothing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What, was, what did I plug? I forgot. We'll insert it. Don't worry. I got. We got. We got. I things. didn't plug anything we'll, yet. We'll, we'll do it What's up, fandom? My name is Josh, and today we've got a special episode. We've got a bunch of guests uh, joining us. Uh, returning, uh, we've got Jeff Nimoy. Yay! We've got Joshua Seth. Hey there. And we've got Marissa Linty. Hi guys. And maybe somebody else later. Who knows? <laughs> That'll be a surprise if it happens. No uh, and today uh, I've gathered some oh. of uh, people that uh, are very familiar with the subject, and we are going to be talking about the upper and lower kingdoms of Egypt. So I hope you guys are prepared. It is going to be a fun episode. Um, we're not oh, like we're, we're talking like before they uh, united the two kingdoms in 3000 BC. So we're talking like old school ancient Egyptian. Uh, no, we're actually going to be talking about Digimon because it's the 22nd anniversary of Digimon. 
impossible. Impossible. Right? Is that true? It's yeah. Twenty-seven years old. Twenty-two years. Yeah, I was like four. I wasn't four. Uh, what's that? Like I was ten. I was ten when that show came out. It's like my, my children weren't even a twinkle in my eye. Yeah. <laughs> um, How old were you when Josh? When uh, Joshua? No. When Digimon came on? How old? That what? Where? How old was I? No, not you, Marissa. Were you a fan oh. of Digimon? You look like you were my the right age. Yes, I was in the exact right uh, demographic. I was six when six. Digimon did, came on the did air. Did you have any sneakers or pillowcases? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Digimon was my favorite show. That's why I'm here today. I did not. Oh. I've not touched Digimon uh, professionally like you guys have. I'm I'm strictly a fan who also happens to now work in anime all oh, these years yes. later. That's fantastic. So yeah, but, like Marissa's the like I remember when we first did dream. our our first episodes. <laughs> like Marissa was talking about how much she loved Digimon. I was like, oh, perfect, this is great. So and then you know when you know the 22nd anniversary comes around, I was like, you know what? Let's have one of the big Digimon fans that I know, Marissa. Let's bring her on, and we can Digimon <laughs> out. And it's like I've had we've had Jeff on who uh, writer showrunner for the for digimon adventure i did a lot of stuff all of it tentomon all of all of his digilutions <laughs> know, uh and then we've got joshua <laughs> seth who, I'm gonna uh and then we've got joshua seth who uh my favorite character uh wizardmon um oh, in season crew. four <laughs> yeah. that's you your know. favorite uh yeah i i waited a long time to get to my favorite character no <laughs> uh, it took me four seasons to find somebody on digimon that i was like there it is uh no uh joshua said voiced uh ty the, the the best character with the goggles and the hair and the the, the stars on his on his shirt the og yeah, look at it look at him oh, i got the i got the funko pop to prove it yeah, look at that <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't think Tentamon has one of those. No, we, not yet. He's not got yet. plushies. He's yeah, got there, are, plushies. there are lots of plushies. Yeah. Lots oh, yeah. of Cento plush. I'll, I'll grab a plushie while. Okay. <laughs> That'll be great for the podcast, Jeff. <laughs> there he is. Listeners will love that. Note to listeners, Jeff is running around his home looking for stuffed animals. <laughs> Most of the stuffed <laughs> animals have nothing to do with Digimon. They're just there as as comfort toys. Yes. Then he's over here. Did you see that flex he just did with that Emmy? Did you guys oh, see yeah. that? He's just like, hey, <laughs> right. guess what? I got an That's Emmy. right. We have an <laughs> Emmy award winner here. This out. I've got I've got a Greymon. He's about this tall and he's beat to hell. I've had him since I was like eight. Uh, he's he's over there, and all of the color has come off of his helmet. And that's the kind of Digimon fan I am. I was the little girl with a Greymon about as big as her. <laughs> Just like this is this is him. This is my this is my Greymon. <laughs> oh man, like yeah, like I like, did you have any of the Digivices growing oh, yeah. up? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I've I had like the, the OG blue one. I had the uh like the, the red one from season two and yeah, all the fun stuff. Like uh, yeah. those were those were the days. I had the OG middle. blue one as well, and I had I had Vmons and uh, Yo and uh, Hawkmons from season two. Yeah, and I still have pictures of me Christmas Day holding them up. <laughs> Inevitably, any podcast I'm on, I will bring up Digimon. It's just it's just an inevitability. Mm -hmm. Jeff, isn't it weird that we don't have anything? 
I didn't get anything. I, I didn't go in a store. I must not have gone in a store the whole time we were recording. I was working. I don't remember, like you said, Digimon pillowcases. I don't remember any of this stuff. I didn't have anything. I remember right after our first season, uh, I went back to New York where I'm from to spend Thanksgiving with my family. And we went into FAO Schwartz, which at the time was the giant um, toy store on Fifth Avenue. Featured in the movie Big with Tom Hanks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, there was Digimon everything there. And really? My, my little nieces and nephews were running around going, that, that's my uncle, that's my uncle, my uncle. You know, and that was, that was pretty cool. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I they shouldn't have thrown them out like that. They were just little kids. <laughs> I had this I have this really vivid memory of uh, my parents. We had a he had a vacation house in Pennsylvania and there was a strip mall nearby. And the first time I saw any Digimon merch, because I didn't really see any where I was from in New York, surprisingly. But there was a toy store there that had Digimon piggy banks and uh, Beanie Babies and big plushies that Greymon is the only one that ever got released of a, of a big toy line of all the champions. And most of them did not come stateside. But that one was there in that random strip mall toy store. And I was like, I need all of these. I need all of these. You know, there's a card store out here, novelty shop slash costume store called Oz. Not O-Z, but A-A-A-A-H apostrophe s oz you get and, listed first in the old phone book that way yes and uh <laughs> i used to do, when we moved our recording of digimon to westwood um they, there was an oz in westwood village by ucla and i used to walk there on my lunch hour to see the displays in the window to see how popular we were compared to the wow. other displays in the window to see you know all right that that show might be a little more popular than us they've got more window space you know i used to always check on the popularity of i swear <laughs> i must have never gone in a store the whole time <laughs> because i was recording stuff all day and then i was doing live shows at night and on the weekends until this is why i burned out because i was doing both i do i do have one thing though talking about cards i, I looked prior to this podcast and i found these Note to audience, listeners, Joshua Seth is holding up a pristine, in the wrapper, pack of Digimon cards. Ooh. Season one, right there, still in the plastic. He's turning it over, and there's Ty. And is that Coromon? Coromon! Yes. <laughs> yes. Those are the show cards. Those are more rare than the uh, digital battle mm -hmm. cards. Yeah. See, that's the only way I have them is they were given to me from it's the show. Nice, nice collector's well, I, item. I have one as well. This is the, um, now this is, I'm going to bring the room down for a bit because we've already mentioned um, Wizardmon and Greymon, who unfortunately, uh, both those actors have passed away in the 22 years since. And this was given to me by Mimi herself, Felice Sampley, who unfortunately just passed away. And she wrote, I don't know if you could see, but mm -hmm. she wrote, um, as Mimi, she wrote, I sincerely love working with you. Love Mimi. And then as Felice, she wrote, thanks for um, the great lines and direction, Felice Sampler. Oh, so, isn't that great, nice? You know, the 22 years um, that Digimon's been around, you know, it's great that people are still talking about it. It's great that, you know, you guys are original fans, but there are new fans that weren't even born when Digimon was on. But, you know, I remember the actors mostly because I was the voice director. And uh, 
you know, uh, I've got soft spots in my heart for all of these people, including Bob Pappenbrook, who in the Digimon the movie played Parrotmon, as well as a bunch of other things. He played some evolutions of, digivolutions of uh, Greymon as well. And he played poker at my house every Thursday night. <laughs> That's right, as did I. True. <laughs> Happy, yeah. And his ah. son, Bryce Pappenbrook, I got to direct him years later. That's so, so cool. That yeah. is pretty cool. It means I'm old. That's what it means. Beats the uh, alternative, Jeff. Beats the alternative. Yeah, uh, yeah. Friend of the show, Bryce Pappenbrook, great guy. Um, salt of the earth, ish. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, he's kidding. Uh, what does that phrase mean? I don't know. Like, Why did you say it then? Throwing it around. It's it's a, it's. A, I never it's, know what it means. It's common like nomenclature, you know. It's, like it's you do salt of the earth. That means good, but when you salt the earth, it's bad. Yeah. What is it like? It doesn't sound like a compliment. I know it's meant as a compliment, but it's like it's like salt, earth. What does that I, have I to do with like anything? The salt of the earth, because that makes everything tasty. I guess. I guess Bryce is tasty. I don't know. It's it's weird stuff. Like if you say like if I don't want to get into up, what your special relationship <laughs> is. Hey, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's like if something's bollocks, it's bad, but if it's the dog's bollocks, then it's good. It's like, you just add like one thing in front of it. Or, you know, I don't even know. I've never stuff. even heard that. Oh yeah. Very British phrase. Very, yes. Very really? British. I thought that was an Oklahomanism. It, no, that's, uh, I don't know. I, I can't, I, I don't I'm know. learning so much here, guys. Thank uh, you for right? having me. That's why we, yes. that's why we bring you on. See, we're, we're, we're technically yeah. a, a learning podcast. Yeah, <laughs> educational. Yeah, Definitely. So zero knowledge. There's only one way to go, straight up. So there Pretty you much, go. yes. Some random is coming on, I see. Who is this? Hello. Oh. Isn't it nice of you to join us, Tom? You know, if uh, the pay the bills job uh, wasn't there, then uh, I'd be here sooner 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 but it's so good to see all your beautiful faces you know whenever you interview me on your podcast tom you're never late you're i know it's see it's not his it's because it's not his podcast my podcast <laughs> he's just like i'll just show up whenever i want to there's there's less priority i'm so sorry uh but yes i'm tom i don't know who this tom guy is but what a good looking camera you've got there like right it's like the short focus the little blurred background very professional setup Thank tom this is uh this is Joshua Seth. He starred in Digimon. I don't know if you know him. Oh, I, I, I follow him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Tom, nice. is a great, Tom is a great supporter of my movie, Famous. He was at the, oh, nice. evening, the premiere uh, in Los Angeles years ago. Not too, not too long. There it is. There's the, oh, there's the DVD. I always keep it close. I always keep it close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, Here's I've, mine. It's the digital version. It's in my phone. Yeah, like I, I have, I bought it on Amazon. Like, does that count? Yes. Like, I've got. I just hold up my phone. Like, <laughs> I'll sign your phone next time I see you. There you go. There we go. Uh, Marissa, Tom, Tom, Marissa. Hi. Uh, Joshua, Tom, Tom, Joshua. Hello. Hello. Tom, oh, Jeff. Je I know you did, but I mean, you know. <laughs> Tom, Jeff, Josh, Jeff, Josh, Tom, Tom. Tom, Josh, Josh, yeah, Tom, Tom, nice to meet this you. This is great radio. I know, well, how right? How long have I known you? When, when was the first time I did Nate Nerd On? What year was that? Nerd On? Uh, first time was 2018. Wow. And uh, so I've done it five times in three years. Is that right? Your show? Yeah. Five times in three years? Yeah. And uh, someone starts paying me for all this stuff. All the guest appearances. We got to start doing that. Um, You're not getting paid on these, Jeff? You didn't get paid for this? Gosh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to say. I don't know what your contract is. 
you'll you you talk later. Somebody back bet that. You have yeah. to have somebody bet that. Um, but okay, Airplay. so uh, Tom, uh, welcome, Jeff. Uh, I, I I meant to say Jeff, but I was looking at Tom and I was like, oh, I messed up there. Um, Jeff, so give us a little bit of insight digimon like falls at your feet how and, and you get to you have to you get to do all the localization all that fun stuff for it how did that kind of like happen were, were you approached for like did you uh go into something like i want this well first i was asked to audition wendy lee was the original director and i was asked to audition for i think that at the time they were like three characters and every voice actor in town was auditioning for this uh we went into fox kids and or, or savant entertainment and there were uh pictures all over the walls you know of these characters and sides and you, you pick three and um i didn't get any of the characters i auditioned for so although later on the producer terry o'malley told me that uh she was pushing hard for me to be matt that it just didn't work out so regardless um I was just uh, called in to do little parts here and there, like Izzy's dad in one scene. And then suddenly um, it seemed like this actor, Josh Seth, who was uh, playing the lead role, Ty, was also playing like 30 other roles at the time. That's true. Because so, they didn't have to pay me any extra. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, you know what? This uh, The whole show is starting to sound like Josh Seth. So... They asked me to impersonate Josh's character, Tentomon. And True. all of a sudden, I had a regular character on the show. So, uh, again, I was just doing Tentomon here and there. And they actually offered me to write the show before it ever aired. And, uh, again, I have to go back to Terry O'Malley was the producer, but at that time when Digimon started, she was just sort of a, a coordinator, a production coordinator. And before Digimon, she had worked for my partner at Fox Kids when we created a bunch of pilots. Um, so, so Terry knew me as, I wouldn't say she was my underling, but she worked for my partner. You know what I mean? She worked for Fox Kids and I was an independent producer. So, so now um, she offers, I, I asked her, hey, when I was auditioning for the job, I said, is this something I could write? And she said, uh, it's not the money you're used to. So I just put it out of my mind. And now later on, my writing partner then, Bob Buckholz, um, we had like hit a lull in our work calendar and we we're like, maybe we should call Terry again you know, just write a Digimon, just to write a Digimon, you know, and, uh, you know, who cares about the money? So we wrote an episode and they fell in love with it. They meaning Saban Entertainment, Fox Kids, and uh, they offered us like uh, all the writing at that point. So we said, yes, thank you. And um, now I'm, I'm just an actor and a writer. And suddenly <laughs> Wendy goes on her honeymoon. And Michael Sorich, one of her backup directors, um, was booked to cover for her. However, Michael double booked without realizing it. And he was not available for Digimon. And I got called at 9.15 a.m. on a Monday morning in a panic from the producer at the time, Rita Acosta Matchcut, called me and said, you live 15 minutes from the studio. Could you please go over there and direct? And, and, direct? and I directed that day. And she's like, can you please direct all week? 
And I said, sure, I could direct all week. And by Friday, Rita got promoted to a development position. Terry got promoted to producer. And because Terry and I had this relationship where I was a showrunner, she offered me the showrunning gig right then. And poor Wendy came back from her honeymoon in Egypt. <laughs> and, and she had no job all of a sudden, you know. She was like, I never knew this story, Jeff. This is great. <laughs> I stole my job, you know. It was one of those things. See, so what? Was, and, and at that point, we were just, you know, Bob and I were just running the show. And I, I directed every episode after that. And uh, Bob and I co wrote every episode. And uh, Digimon was off and running. What what's great about that story is where where did she come from vacation? Egypt, which you mentioned earlier. Uh, see, yeah. see, it's all it's it's all here, he guys. Know? It's yeah. all in this crazy head. Yeah. Um, Jeff, that was great. I never, I didn't, I had never put everything together. I knew bits and pieces, so right, that was very interesting. And, but, but we had a bunch of other directors too. We had Richard Epcar, we had Michael Storage, sure, David Walsh, and Wendy. And that was yeah. a big thing. Like, I don't want five directors. We were only on like episode 19 or something at the time. She was like, I had too many directors. So hmm. she wanted one director when she became producer. And you had already done all this writing, so you were familiar with it. And I, I should interject, Jeff added a lot of the, the really off the wall humor to the show too in the writing. Thanks. Yeah, that's what I wanted that? to. That's what I wanted to kind of go into. So, like, you're doing a lot of the show, and then there was the movie that you guys got to do, and right. that movie has so many jokes in it. Yeah. It's it's like chocked full. So, like, the writing there, bravo. Thank you. And uh, Bob, Bob Bocos, you have to say congratulations. Oh, to definitely, you. definitely. Uh, but yeah. Um, May I ask a question? Yes. I've you always been back. curious about. <laughs> yeah, you have to come Hello. up to the put it in the chat. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hold on. Uh, I've always been curious when it came to that film because it's three films edited together. Right. Um, so you must have been doing the adaptation work basically sight unseen because there's some stuff that you know did not connect to other stuff. Did well, you find that to be difficult, or was well, it we your call? Given, we were given all three movies, and I've actually blogged about this. Uh, and you can look that up on jeffnemoy.com under the blog section. Um, what, what happened was we were given the footage and we loved the first part. We loved the second part. We, we weren't too thrilled with the third part. And uh, so we, we built the edit to meet our script. You know, we just cut out what we didn't want and built the script to that. You know what I mean? Um, to the shots that we wanted and also shots that, made sense to a storyline that was coherent through. Now, originally, Bob and I didn't want to use part three at all. We just wanted to kill it and maybe use it as a, uh, a DVD, you know, special release, or bonus footage or TV special. Um, uh, and uh, and I, my, my original cut, the director's cut, had Josh um, narrating the whole thing. Uh, Josh as Ty. Um, but because Ty's not in the third part, and then they sort of made us use that third part, I had to rewrite that narrator for Kari, who was in all three parts. You wow. Know, so, yeah. That's I remember so that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and somehow Willis had to become the through line of your script. Correct. Right. Wow. You had to create this character and his relationship to the Digidestined and just some kind of coherent, you know, story. 
but we knew like, you know, maybe the eight year olds will probably be able to follow it. Adults probably won't be able to follow it. Oh, definitely not. (laughs) We just want to make the adults laugh and, you know, let the kids have their Digimon. You know what I mean? That's, that was our thought process. Nice. Uh, I, I, I will say like the first movie that my parents let me go see by myself Digimon the movie. That was the first one. We got the cool little cards uh, at mm. the beginning. So all fun stuff there. Um, Mine was The Shining. I always wondered <laughs> about that. Yeah. Mine was The Sting. Yeah. The Sting with Newman. Yeah. What can I tell you? Tom. Is that for real? A, a real kids movie. My first movie? Yeah, uh, American, American Werewolf. <laughs> Um, I did have a question though, just like you know about the jokes in the film. Um, I mean, where, did did some of that come from the source material itself, or did you find like inspiration from your own personal life of like having the mom blend all these different types of food and and then serve it to Izzy, and then you know all of them are just yakking throughout every you know act of the film is is pretty enjoyable, and it's something I think it gets lost for the kids. But as I've gotten older, I'm just like, oh man, this is actually like great. Yeah, well, let's go back to the writing of the TV series <laughs> for a second, because that's where it all comes from. So Bob and I were part of a comedy troupe called the LA Connection. That's where Bob and I met. And one of our big things were we would go to a movie theater and show a really bad film live in the movie theater with no sound. And Bob and myself and other actors would sit in the front row with microphones and dub the movie live with a new comedy soundtrack as people are watching, you know, he had a keyboard player there and it was a very, very funny thing. And like, what's new pussycat? Yes. But we didn't dub what's new pussycat or Woody Allen did. Right. Right. I'm saying that, that yes. there was a Context. show, yeah. there was even yeah. a show before that in the sixties called fractured flickers, you know, that did that kind of stuff. And so Bob and I, that was our style of taking footage and saying, what does this look like? Forget what they're actually doing we're actually saying, what does it look like they're doing? And let's make fun of that. And you can clearly see, I think our first episode of Digimon was episode 14, A New Continent, I think is the title of it. I know it's 14. Um, And you can clearly see from the first 13 episodes, 14 comes out of nowhere in terms of the writing, the jokes, everything now. Edamond Elvis. <laughs> yeah, and, and the whale is, you know, you know, you know, uh, just a, uh, you know, 10 minutes ago, I'm full. I don't remember the actual jokes, but you could see clearly that there was a jump in style style from 13 on. And so they loved it and they wanted more of that. They wanted us to make a really funny Saturday morning cartoon, you know, that had no hint of Japanese culture and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. They wanted a really... Uh, I'll say American, but it was for all English speaking countries, but it was, they wanted that American Saturday morning sensibility. And Bob and I could deliver that with our wacky style of doing this. You know, that's what we won the Emmy for, for doing this with NFL films. We would take a clip of, you know, John Elway on the sideline talking about the play and he's going like this and we, and, and, you know, people can't see, but he's moving his hands and we had him like shifting gears on a car going, I tried to move your car, but it kept backing up, you know, things like that. We would just change things completely. If anyone's on the phone, they'd be ordering a pizza or talking to their grandma, you know, things like that. So once we got to the movie, 
I mean, the style was so embedded in Digimon that it had to be, you know, completely wacky in jokes. And uh, going back to the um, <laughs> um, uh, Ty's mom, you know, her character, you know, in the real movie, I think maybe she was talking about health food or something. So we just we just really wanted to heighten it. To tell you the truth, I don't know what they were talking about because Bob and I did not listen with the sound very often, you know. So, <laughs> so we, we just did this thing where, you know, what if she can't cook, but she thinks everything she's making is health food. And that just, you know, really amped up the comedy so much that here we are 22 years later and there's this thread going on Twitter. I think it's up to something like 45,000 retweets or likes where it's just people talking about all the food that Ty's mom made in the movie. It's really great. Um, so we just thought, what does this look like? Um, the liver stick, for instance. I don't yeah. know what it was in real life, but we were like, you should, you should pitch those. Food you, should, you should pitch that as a Food Network live action show. <laughs> like, like have people make, like see, like give them all the ingredients, show them the scene, see if they can make the thing. But there were many times in season two when uh, we would turn in the script and it would just come back with uh, make funnier, more jokes, mm -hmm. better joke, more jokes, add, add more jokes, add funnier, be funnier. And it's just like, you know, we're just forcing him in at this point with a crowbar at mm -hmm. some point, you know, but that's what the notes I, said. I text Jeff that randomly sometimes now. <laughs> make funnier. funnier. Just make funnier. Just be funnier. Can <laughs> you just please be funnier? Yeah. More jokes could be better. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the jokes are kind of what <laughs> separated that show. Because, I mean, like, because the big competitor at the time is Pokemon. And because it's on it's on WB. It's literally right next door. Um, but, like, Pokemon wasn't really funny, you know? Like, it was a lot of, yeah, it was just a lot of battles and stuff like that. And then sometimes Ash would say something stupid because he's an 11-year-old child. But Digimon, you were just like, ha, this is funny. This is good. This is a good joke. Like, it was, it was a lot more... No. Yeah, the characters were, you know, we wanted to define the characters even more and just make fun of that. Like, we want Joe to be the hypochondriac, so all the jokes should focus around. He's a, he's a brainiac, but he's also a uh, hypochondriac, you know, all these things. Mimi is just the classic ditz, you know, and uh, so on, you know. Ty was the born leader. Mm -hmm. No jokes. Very few jokes, Ty. Although the movie was, you were very funny. You and Izzy, that's my favorite part of the, the movie. You and Izzy just talking, getting the computer ready and all that thing, those things. When Izzy goes, this kid Willis is in junior high school. He's already taking college classes. And you're like, yeah, so? I'm in junior high school. I take junior high school classes. <laughs> it's a good joke. It's like, yeah. Nobody ever thinks about that. Just so offended. Mm. You got to turn down, too. I'm sorry, Marissa. I'll pop in with another question. Josh, um, when you were recording it, do you recall them explaining to you like the difference between the dub script and, and what was going on in the original? Or were you just like, you know, make it fit, essentially? I never want to know what was in the original. I never mm. want to hear it. I I, only, hmm? And I never wanted to tell the actors, which, which yeah. separates me from a lot of anime directors. I never well, I, I did that for every show I was ever in. I was like, I, don't tell me what anybody else did. I don't want to be derivative. Like, yeah. if you want what they did, then they should learn English and do it themselves. <laughs> well, a lot of shows that I have directed over the years, like Naruto, for instance, or um, Bleach, they wanted almost exactly what the Japanese did. 
uh, in the English performance. And uh, I'm like, you really should find a, a different director because uh, I, I want to just, I want that American sensibility. In, if I'm doing an English speaking thing, I wanted to uh, connect with an English speaking audience, you know? So I always have well, just- For me, for me just, it's just as, a, as an actor, I don't want to mimic. I don't right. want it to be about mimicry. I want to be in the moment. Yeah, right. And that's one of the fun things about working with Jeff. I know I keep like praising Jeff, but he was my favorite director on it because because he added all the humor. He knew what what he was going for in the scene, and that's all the context I really needed was was you know it, I, I didn't I know I don't need to know the whole show bible or the through line of the episode even. It's just. What's the relationship to the other character? Where did I come from? What do I want? Yeah. And and how do you want how do you want me to play the joke? <laughs> we did yeah. the movie a little more seriously than we than we did the uh, the series. Josh and I really worked hard on the movie. We took our time on a true. We had a night session, and uh, we couldn't we couldn't stop like marveling at the food. There was food at the movie set. There was no food when we recorded. The These were the salad days, and I wasn't used to having. <laughs> Somebody asked me what I wanted to eat for dinner, and then it magically arriving on the on the break. Yeah. It's like, woo, we hit the big time. They're they're feeding us now. Well, no I'm, more top ramen. Josh and I really played close, particular attention to the first uh, part of Digimon the movie when he plays the little kid, little baby. Um, uh, yeah, and he sets up the rest, and also the scene where he actually sort of his passion makes him go into the internet. You know, for those not watching, <laughs> think of how ahead of its time <laughs> Digimon was too, in terms of even approaching those sorts of themes, like going into the internet and having a battle between the real world and the virtual world. And twenty years later, this is normal. This is the battle that we all have <laughs> every day. I mean, we are in the virtual world right now. Right now, you think about it. We're in the digital world right now, you mean? We're in that. We're on a. We're on a virtual. Like we're talking virtually here. We're in the digital. Yes, we're in the digital world. Yes, Jeff, uh, right now. And but th to have those themes from episode one, season one, onward, like twenty-two years ago, you're saying that's unfathomable because back then we were all being mailed AOL discs. Most nobody had a, their own website. We didn't even know. Most of us didn't even have our own email. We just had a, an America Online account. Right. That was that was what the internet was. To us back then, and there's it was around that time, right? The, uh, in, there's a great dial-up joke in the movie. Let's <laughs> oh, sign him up and give him fifty free hours. <laughs> and that's and they couldn't they could not conceive of this tech that we're using right now because the yeah. one time they show a webcam in the film, it's all grainy and oh. jumping all over the place. I, I think it was before we started recording, but when we were talking about what we've been doing during the pandemic, and I said I was out in Los Angeles recording Digimon Kazuna right when things shut down. Well, by the time I flew back home, they had some pickups and some additional lines that had been written. And I recorded those lines for the movie from here, from home, using this mic that I'm using right now that costs $99. Yeah, the because the technology is, this technology is so advanced, it's not even expensive. Yeah. Anybody, anybody can do it if you know, I, I if you know how to use it. Yeah. I did all my also the last adventure. Uh, uh, Tentamon from my home setup, exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Digimon, yeah. For something that started back in 1999, and then we kind of go to where it is now, like we've got 
basically a new Digimon adventure that's airing right now. That 2.0. is, yeah, 2.0, which is you know a a new, a new updated version of Digimon Adventure, um, the original series, and then we've got another Digimon that's coming out in October. Um, mm-hmm. Digimon Ghost something. What was it? Josh, are we in, are we in either of them? No one has contacted me yet. So thank you for bringing that up so that I don't have to answer 100 PMs on social media. Yeah. I, it's not up to me. No one from the studio has contacted me yet. The new season is, is traditionally new. It has mm-hmm. like a new set of characters, like the same way that mm. they did in seasons three to five. Yeah. Uh, they announced a new O2 movie, which involves the O2 cast. So Davis, Yoli, Cody. Um, and then the reboot, has been going for a minute now. Um, it's it's decently into it, and it is a reboot of season one. So that's all the season one characters. But I, I dubbing that seems like a real undertaking because it's getting long at this point, and yeah. it has so yeah. many moving parts. Give it to us. We'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like that that original. Uh... Like the, the new series already has like it's it's got like what sixty something episodes already more than yeah, the original. Yeah, it's already got more than the original, and it, they're like they're not even close to being like they're still in stuff that you guys were in like episode like twenty. Like it's it's insane like how much more stuff they're putting in these, and I'm like, yeah, if we could get that OG cast back, I mean that would be pretty dope. I mean, those of us who are still alive. Yeah, like as many as we. Those of us be. that are still alive, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Don't wait too long, guys. <laughs> some of us, some of us are getting on in years. <laughs> Dropping like gentleman over here. <laughs> uh, so, really, kind of like one of like the last questions that I have. Um, did what has been the experience? So, like twenty-two years ago, you guys are um, sitting, and you got you and Josh, or J- Jeff and Josh, are sitting, and they're they're busting out this movie. Um, when did it really kind of start like clicking in that, Hey, this is going to be like a thing that is going to follow us or has that, or has it not even clicked in yet? You know, 22 years later, it's just like, Oh yeah, I still, I used to do Digimon. At this point it's clicked in for me. You know, uh, I will have Digimon on my grave. <laughs> my yes. It will say, you know, something like, you know, in my obituary, the word Digimon will be in my <laughs> Um, so, uh, I just think it's wonderful, you know, as a filmmaker, I I talk about this, you know, what do you want from your film and, you know, famous, I would love it if in 20 years, people are still talking about it. Like they're still talking about Digimon, the movie, what else can I ask for a film? And I, you know, it's just the series is, uh, a lot of people love the series, but I think I get much more feedback on the movie than anything else. Uh, the movie still just people talk about it. They send me things and people write articles about it and, you know, Twitter feeds and all these things. So, um, I gotta really watch that someday. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, uh, it's just amazing that it's just a job to us while it's happening. But then 20 years later, I, I, you know, I realized it 15 years later, it didn't take me 20 years to realize it, but it's just kind of amazing that. Um, I'm associated with something that you're, we're still talking about. That you can't ask for more than that in show business as out of a career. You just can't. 
I think maybe 10 years ago, Digimon started popping up. The series started rerunning again. Now, uh, maybe Melissa would know better what it was running on, but I remember being at some relative's house in Ohio where I grew up, and you know, like when you had TV before it was all like Hulu and Netflix like 10 years ago, and we're running through all the stations on the menu. It's like Digimon, like on, I don't know if it was TBS or Cartoon Network or whatever. It was like on a network. It was, it was like, uh, like, XD or something like that. Wasn't it Jetix that was running it? Yeah. It was Jetix, yeah. That, whenever that was, and I clicked it, and this is like, I don't know, like a decade after I worked on it. Like it's a like Digimon season, whatever. It had my name. I think it might've had like Laura Jill's name or Michael Reese or something on it. And I took a picture of it and I thought, this is still going. Like this, like people are still interested in watching this. And then it happened again a few years after that when Hulu started running Digimon or it might've been even Netflix before Hulu. And that like when those two things happened, I realized, oh, this is never going away. This is gonna be around like the like the honeymooners or something for the anime <laughs> crowd. It's gonna be like I Love Lucy for people that grew up on anime. Yeah, but even people like just great people who didn't grow up on it. We're, we're reaching new audiences every day. Mm. My own kids who they are no longer interested in Digimon. All they want to watch is Demon Slayer and mm. read and read Demon Slayer and stuff. But but oh wait wait I brought something here for those of you that can see. So this is. But when they were younger and like and and I was making try, they're eight and ten now. But each time one of those try Digimon try movies came out in the theaters, I would take them. And it was maybe three times, it was maybe three movies in, before my daughter, who I don't know, maybe she was six, five, she really loud in the theater goes, "Dada, that's you." <laughs> she Aww. finally finally put it together it was so great and like so at the time my, my son drew this no, note to podcast listeners joshua seth is is holding up a a drawing of a deformed tie that, a t that his tiny son drew yeah look he spent a long time on that and then my daughter who's honestly they're both great artists but she's a little older now than he was oh, look at that nikita, nikita drew tie yeah here yeah, so it's influenced them as well. To be an artist, and she is right. Yeah, they both go to a a, a, a it's not a performing arts school specifically, but it's a, it's an arts and international studies school, and they learn through the arts. Oh, well, that's awesome! Nephew just turned ten, and a nephew just turned eight, and they both and asked majors. for Digimon cards this Christmas. So wow. wow. Things are still happening. I mean, Lucky for yeah. them, there's a new card game coming out. Yeah. There all is. Tentomons, right? Mm -hmm. Give them all Tentomons. <laughs> One thing has not changed in 22 years. Uh, Joshua, Seth, and I still don't see a dime for any of that merchandise. So. That's true. That's true. Wow. Did Jeff, uh, Jeff, get catch this. Did you know that Digimon is the 76th highest grossing media franchise in the world? Wow. In the history, in the history of all media franchises. And we get no residuals, no back end. Oh. Well, I get some direct residuals from uh, foreign late ladies, but I don't. Uh, you do? I don't get any. Uh, I don't I get like, I was in um, Japan and I was talking to someone from Toei, and they were saying, oh, yeah, these are our top grossing franchises. We have Dragon Ball and we have One yeah. Piece and we have Digimon. Yeah. And I was mm. like, Digimon's up there? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And she was showing me a timeline of releases. And she was like, these are all the things that we have coming out. And I was like, oh, we where's Aptly Monsters? And she was like, 
you know Apple Monsters? That one never made it stateside. Uh, <laughs> I actually figured it out once. All the different franchises I've worked for have a combined worth of over a billion dollars. And I, oh no no, Digimon Digimon has something like six and a half billion, wow. and it and it's it has uh, it has a higher higher gross overall worldwide than the Fast and the Furious franchise. Wow. And you I've never see seen those, so they, power of friendship. And, if, yeah, don't, and don't see them because if you give Fast and Furious $10, then they'll overtake yeah. us. So, so, so the moral of this podcast, everybody, don't watch the Fast and the Furious films. Just don't do them. No, the moral is own your own creative output. And that's the main reason I left Hollywood was to write my own shows and speeches and trainings, to write my own stuff and produce my own stuff because I'm a creative person and I want to go where my creativity takes me, you know, where I'm most interested in, you know, the most alive creatively and, uh, and to be able to profit from that so I don't have to do anything else. <laughs> profit, profit. I've heard yes. the elder speak of such things. <laughs> yes, well, that's what it required. It required me leaving LA and going to find venues, which now the venue is online with, like, I've, I taught... 14 monthly voiceover classes during the pandemic, which I never thought I would do mm -hmm. and, and learned how to do it in the process because they're all on zoom like this. And like, as a, as a creative project, those are over now, but like that, like, like that was great. And, and, uh, that's content, you know, that like now I've repackaged and it, this is a little bit inside the weeds, but I'm only saying it for people out there that want to be in a creative profession find a way to make work that you can have some ownership in, not just creative ownership, but actual ownership uh, in your own content. And then you, you know, you can build that over time and uh, it could support you and your family and you don't have to you get can. a job. For I instance. Mean, hey, anybody want to buy Famish? I own it. <laughs> That's right. No, you did it. Now, come on. You did it. You, I'm very, very not. I mean, I would say proud of you, but that doesn't sound right. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm inspired by you that you, you did. Let's, let's, before we end, let's talk about famous. Like this guy, he somehow did it, independently produced a movie and, and it, and it's made and it's out there. Like that's just, that's here. That is applause. Wait, where's my applause cue? Whoa. I had applause music programmed yeah, in. You did it. And it went away. It was there. It was there. There you go. Oh, I have my headset in. That's why. <laughs> there it is. Okay, stop. <laughs> I had to take the headset off. No, but that—that's exactly what I'm talking about. What Jeff did. It doesn't matter if that particular one bankrupted you, Jeff. You know how you now know how to do it, and you could do it again, and you could do it again. You could be like Roger freaking Corman until you get it right. You make this in my my. Uh, or maybe Harvey Corman, but one of the Cormans. When I went to all the uh, actors and professionals that helped me make it, I said, "I don't know if this will be any good. I don't know if anybody will ever see it. I just know I want to make a movie, um, and I'm tired of asking for permission." And literally at that screening that tom was at i had no idea if people were going to be like a polite you know golf clap or standing ovation and luckily i got the standing ovation and you could tell by the q a afterwards they weren't being polite so i felt really good about you know it's nice that you make something but it's better that it's well received <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean 
speaking speaking of well received i mean it kind of like to josh's earlier question like obviously i feel like you guys have definitely gone through a lot of different roles in within your careers of acting um, you know, while you're directing and producing and writing and making your own stuff. How, I know I've heard Jeff talk about it multiple times of how like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm Tentamon, but everyone remembers him from like Wolfwood. But Josh, I wonder for you, like how many times you've done other roles in too, but everyone's just like, oh, it's Ty. Like how often <laughs> are, are, are you getting pulled out? Like, oh, it's Ty. Cause that happens to me all the time where it's like, that's Ty, man. Now I they think go you're Ty. um yeah look whatever they whatever role resonates with them as fans i'm you know i'm happy that something landed although i you know for me personally my favorite thing i ever did was was akira was tetsuo in in akira or akira and i have a framed artist's rendition of the akira poster that i'm staring at right now that i got in where did i do it it was a comic-con a couple of years ago in edinburgh scotland and the artist was commissioned to do that for the con, and they gave it to me. Um, that's awesome. Because that's the movie that I first saw when I was in film school in New York, where I thought, I want to be a voice actor, and I want to do anime. And that was before anime existed in dubbed form or in in any distributed to American audiences. This was the sort of an art house theater showing of the original Akira. So to have been able to do that years later and, and star in that movie with Kevin Seymour uh, directing that and another person that's passed on asking me to do that. Uh, you know, that was like my whole dream coming full circle of being in this industry and then actually doing the movie that got me into it. So like, that's really special to me. Gosh, has anyone ever like listened to your voice talking and they go, I, I, I know your voice from something. And, and then they, well, they yeah. Go, oh, I get it all. Sure. I mean, look what I, the main thing I do now is I, I speak to corporate groups, uh, communication skills for for leadership. And when I mention that the reason that I'm qualified to speak about how to use your voice in a way that connects with people, like that's really what it's about. How can you use your voice, your unique voice, in a way that bridges the gap between you and another human being to make an emotional connection? That's That's what I teach in my keynotes and trainings. And like I, well, so why am I qualified of anybody to, to speak on this? Well, because I connected with like millions of people as the voice of Ty on Digimon. And without fail, their eyes bug out and they go, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to do the voice. <laughs> you know, I have to do the, the, the Ty voice. And then they go, what, what, what? That's the through line. Can I have a cup of coffee, please? You know, I don't talk like that in real life. <laughs> yes, he does. He does. Wolfwood from Trump. <laughs> He, t- he he really talks like Don Knotts from. from I'm it. Yes. Oh, Don Knotts, I'm sorry. Mandy Griffith. Oh, for God's sakes! That was in the movie too. For God's sakes! Oh, I know. <laughs> that was my favorite. The taxi driver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but people go like actors, other actors that I'm directing. They'll go, "Boy, your voice sounds so familiar." And I'll just say, "Did you ever watch Trigo?" And they go, "What?" Right away, they get it. Right? As soon as I see yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes people pull out like that I was Young Knives and Trigun, which is something I probably worked on for a day, yeah. you know, but still around. Or I get Chaos from Xenosaga, which I've never seen. I worked, uh, on, I worked on it for a day too, but that one day was two weeks long, so. <laughs> the day, the, that day was the <laughs> longest week of your life. And, and you know, uh, or like, like Hige and Wolf's Reign, I worked on that for a long time. I said when he saw that third part, that third Digimon movie. He said, uh, it took me a week to watch that last night. Yeah. 
And um, I, I mean, I was, I'm on the opposite end of it where I, I am the one being like, I know you from Digimon because, uh, you know, I, I grew up watching it. It's one of the things that influenced me to get into the industry because I just, I really love the Digimon dub. I think it's, it's one of the best ones that's ever been made. And so whenever I make audition sides for Sound Cadence, everyone goes, I know if Marissa made the sides because all the voice refs are from Digimon. And I'm like, well, I know it really well. It's off the top of my head. If I need a nerd character, I slap Joe in there. It's easy. Um, hmm. And so now I do it to actors that I'm directing. You know, they'll, they'll say like, oh, you clearly know me from something. What is it? And I'm like, it was Digimon. You were this. And I really liked it. And they're like, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> my, my, I think, so my son Tiger did his first voiceover audition ever. And I think it was for you guys. Mm -hmm. And it was so great just like printing out the sides and helping him break it down. I liked, I'm old school. I like to... I like to actually mark up the copy and show him, you know, what my shorthand was. Like, circle it means this sort of an intonation, or like an up arrow means go that way with your voice. These sorts of teaching him how to mark up copy and then how to give an alternative take and like watching him stand like right in front of this mic and do that at 10 years old oh. brings a tear to my eye. Isn't that great? And of course, I see his name come in and I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> oh, man. That's what we do. I, I, I mostly do casting and, and ADR directing and ADR writing. And I'm, I'm very much influenced by the stuff that I watched growing up. And for me, it's Digimon, Pokemon, Monster Rancher, Yu-Gi-Oh! If you notice a trend, it's all monster stuff. Very much the monster kid. Yeah. Uh, but those are, those are dubs that, you know, that sort of stuff leaks its way into my work. And I love mm. it because I love the, the sort of... Um, localization, Americanization, bringing new jokes and new life to something that, you know, already exists and that people are already attached to so that they can go, oh, the difference. Here's the, here's the, you know, here's how it resonates in English versus how it resonated in Japanese. I, I love that kind of thing. And I was, I was saying before we started recording to Jeff that I've, I've been showing other professionals the Digimon movie being like, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Because it's one of my favorite things as far as ADR script writing is concerned. Because like like how Scorsese would would show like old Fellini films to DiCaprio when he was starting out. So, yeah. Look at this. This is Just what like, it could aspire to. Yeah. Michael Tatum. Guys, you like the two bean Wells. salad joke? Look at this. <laughs> right. <laughs> that three bean salad joke, by the way. Bob and I used that joke <laughs> like eighty-two. You know, they <laughs> every time someone holds up three fingers, we go three bean salad joke, right? Every <laughs> I love it. Mm -hmm. And it is it is now a thing where people are like, you know, this is our first time working together. Like, where did you hear me first? And I'm like, did you did you mind <laughs> a long time ago? And they go, oh, no, you grew up with it, didn't you? <laughs> sure, because yeah. it makes us feel old because you're like fully adult. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was, yeah. I was a grown-up person. I was baby when it came out. I was yeah. six years old. Whenever a grown-up comes up to me at a convention and goes, "Thank you for my childhood," I, I'm like, "That's what I get." Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I get right. They go, "You're the voice of my childhood." Right? <laughs> really? Like you're 30, man. <laughs> but would it be better if they had you were the adult of my ch uh, adulthood? The voice of my adulthood would that be better? It pays better, I bet. Whatever started watching boy, Digimon yeah. at thirty-five. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's someone who started watching Digimon at thirty-five. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of Definitely. I'm sure there are a lot of parents who are starting to watch Digimon now because their kids can access it digitally. But I absolutely have senior citizens come up to me at cons all the time as well. You wow. know? Fans are fans. Mm -hmm. And they're like, David Carradine, I thought you were dead. Can I have your autograph? And you're like, 35 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're selling David Carradine short. At least go 40, you know, make it a nice round number. That's just two bills. Uh, he hasn't been in anything in a while. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, Josh, uh, um, let's go. What's uh, where can people find you? Like if they if they want to, you know, uh, check out some of your your voiceover stuff, if they want to check out sure. uh, some of your public speaking, where can they where can they go? Yeah, to find yeah. that? Well, I'll just direct them to this new site that I've been working on really just over the last couple of weeks. I've been this is what see, this is what I was saying that I like about being stuck in my room <laughs> during this pandemic is as a creative person, it's the limitations that create the sandbox in which we can play. So I, I never would have done, here I'm gonna put it up on the screen, this whole website here, wow. which is your money voice, yourmoneyvoice.com. And if you go to yourmoneyvoice.com, you can get some free training on voiceovers. Those are some of my students there. So uh, I've, I've got a, a free voiceover class basically that you can sign up for here. I've got the archives of 20 hours of voiceover classes that I ran with all these students over the pandemic. Uh, you can get 20 hours of the recordings for 20 bucks, for instance, or we, could, or we do live voice acting workshops, voice training course, just all kinds of stuff that's all on there. It's yourmoneyvoice.com. And if you just want to see things more generally, I suppose, you can go to my YouTube. I've been putting out stuff pretty consistently on there. And if there's one person out there that happens to be in an organization, you're like, it's public speaking. I don't think that's this group, but it's just my name, joshuaseth.com for the, for the keynotes and stuff that I, that I do for the, for the corporate people, for the suits. We all, we all work at places. People talk. You all work at people, places. We yes. all work at places and it's people true. talk at places. So, I mean. Yes, that's true. Yeah, there you go. That's true. Well, all right, fine. Then I'll, then I'll say this. Uh, what I've let me I'll pull this up real quick. So the the so again the limitations creating the sandbox in which we play. So I changed I had when when all of my gigs my live gigs all canceled within four, 48 hours March 2000. One gig did not cancel, and it was some it was a really big gig in Dubai. That was something I'd been going after for years, Whoa. and it was me Esther Perel the brilliant psychologist and author and Damon John were the three cornerstone keynote speakers for the three days and they did not cancel they went virtual but I didn't feel that the content of my keynote was appropriate for virtual because it's it's me jumping around on a stage doing magic tricks and funny voices and talking about communication and connection and I couldn't see how it would translate to virtual so I said I'll, I'll tell you what can I just put together a whole nother keynote on basically how to do this how to how to look and sound and present yourself well on zoom or teams or webex or whatever they said yeah and so that's this virtual presentation skills keynote that i've been doing quite a lot of it's not just about the gear it's really how to present yourself well online nice and uh jeff what about you what about famish where can where can we find that well, just give us, give us give us the pitch. Give us the pitch for Famish. Okay, Famish is a 
romantic comedy set at an anime convention. Uh, and it's about a washed up voice director named Jeff Nimoy. Jeff Nimoy. And I play a confusing version of myself, as do all the other actors. Like Lex Lang plays Lex Lang. But he's not Lex Lang. He's playing a version of Lex Lang. And Brian Donovan's in it. He plays Davis on Digimon. And uh, Josh, John Fawn, who uh, uh, made some appearances on the original Digimon. Um, and I go to this anime convention. I'm washed up. I've got no money. And an anime convention offers me $3,000 to uh, come. And I sort of rediscover my fame and my place in the anime community. And I just sort of figure out my past compared to my present and where the future is going for not just me, but all of us really. And it just, it's a nice little movie. That's how I like to describe it. It's a nice. It's a fun movie. romp. Thanks. <laughs> and and it's a whimsical romp through an anime con. How's cry. that? It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. There's a ton of great music in it. And, uh, it's, and Lex Lang has a bunch of songs in it. And uh, jeffnemoy.com will redirect you to my company website. And it's really available anywhere on Video On Demand. Anywhere you like to rent movies, even like PlayStation or your, your cable networks, wh wherever you like to rent movies, it's available. And it's doing really well on um, Video On Demand. But until I can actually tour with it, conventions, I won't be satisfied. You know, I really want to bring this to the masses, to the target audience, the con-going audience, you know? Excellent. Uh, what about you, Never Marissa? Uh, I'm at Marissa Lenti on pretty much any social media that I have, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, MarissaLenti.com is my website. As far as things that I'm doing right now, um, I'm currently playing, uh, or I'm reprising a character on How Not to Summon a Demon Lord Season 2, and uh, I'm the assistant director on Full Dive as well as the script supervisor. And I also did a little bit of work on Dragon Ghost House Hunting this season, which Sound Cadence is doing both of those dubs this season. Uh, so that's what I'm doing right now if you want to check out my current work. Nice. How not to summon a demon lord, uh, not coincidentally perhaps, is uh, Jeff's uh, Tinder profile name. <laughs> so if you happen to come across that. It's that's going really, to be the next Digimon movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I always advised him against that, but it's funny that you picked that up. Uh, and Tom was late, so he doesn't get to plug anything. Um, oh, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. What's uh, like, Tom, tell us about the nerd on. Oh, don't sorry, sound, sound so I'm sorry, excited I'm about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I said it wrong. I apologize. There's an exclamation point. It's nerd on the podcast. Thank you for what's up. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Nerd On, the podcast, at Nerd On for everything. Um, very similar show. Uh, it's almost like, you know, what's up fandom? We just kind of took some of your notes and then we, you know, we did our own version of it with multiple people. Um, but if you want to find me personally at Tall Dark Not Ugly, yes, it's just like how it sounds at Tall Dark Not Ugly. But uh, yeah, uh, at Nerd On. And uh, yeah, we've had more. That's, uh, that's Jeff's burner account. <laughs> Tom, I can't see because of the headphones, but are you, uh, did you cut your hair? I did. Oh! All by yourself? My long hair twin is gone! I, I'm so sorry. I, I, I was trying to get into this, this hot boy summer and, you know, still nothing's changed. But, you know, I'm so sorry I broke the solidarity. Well, and then there was one. What can and I tell you? And then there was one. The last, last of us. Last. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, Nerd On, great podcast. Uh, it's the better version of this podcast. No. So there you go. Oh, Definitely on that, that one. Josh, you need to be on that one, not this one. I this guess. Was, this was a mistake. Uh, okay. This is a warm-up. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. This was the warm-up. Yeah. We're going to start recording here in about 10 minutes. We're so doing the exact same good. Great, great. The podcast uh, take, take two. two is that thing <laughs> exactly yeah and we're going to put everybody's uh links in the show notes so that way you can find everybody everybody's uh socials everybody's social media not their social security card their numbers we're not going to put those in there unless you want those that's on our patreon um, i got life lock. why not <laughs> there you go get life lock. um yeah we'll put everybody's socials in the in the show notes along with everybody's links to their websites and everything so if you want to click on anything click on that it'll take it right there um you can find me on twitter and instagram at josh l kane you can find the podcast on instagram at what's up fandom on twitter at what's up fandom pc for podcasts all of our episodes available on your favorite podcasting service uh, so itunes stitcher podbean google play spotify amazon music uh anything that's got a podcast on it we're there you can also check us out on youtube at at uh, what's up fandom and on our website animationstationpodcast.com because i'm waiting for the uh domain to expire so then i can change it because i'm already paying for it so it's like we're gonna keep it animation station then when it expires we'll flip it over it's all up here. We've got plans. Um, and thanks to one out of 10 for the intro and outro for this episode. They are touring again. So if you want to check them out, if you're in the uh, SoCal area, they played a show in, uh, like they're from Glendale. They played a show in San Diego I'm, I'm pretty recently. So definitely check them out. They're touring again. Uh, fantastic. Check them out on Spotify. It's one out of 10. Um, yeah. So everyone, thank you all so much for coming on and chatting Digimon and a bunch of other stuff that wasn't Digimon. So thank you for having us on. Yeah, Thanks. thank you. What's a podcast? <laughs> uh, it's 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 like uh, I don't know. I don't know how do you radio. It's, like, it's, it's one of those things that everybody has now. <laughs> uh so for uh what's up fandom? Yeah, so for what's up fandom, I'm Josh. I'm Tom. I'm Marissa. Thanks for having us. I'm unrehearsed. <laughs> I'm Joshua <laughs> and I'm the sweet soothing sounds of Jeff Nimoy bye everybody bye